This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Don't worry, Toby. Just use the force. Like in that film, you know. 365 Flicks Podcast. 365 Flicks Podcast. Come and listen to it right after you finish this podcast you're listening to. It's got Chris and Kevin and a weather guy called Toby. What's the point in a weather report on a podcast? I hear you ask. Well, there's only one way to find out. Download every episode that is currently out. And listen to those bad boys right now. It's got Toby Osmond, who is kind of a guest host, but thinks he is the most important part of the podcast. Hashtag not joking. You can find 365 on iTunes, Libsyn, Spotify, and awesome websites like DangerEntertainment.net, Nerdly.co.uk, and Tangent Bound Network. It's like shit in a field. Welcome. It's episode 306 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. <laughs> I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that's... <laughs> <laughs> they weren't like other bands who raised hell because they thought that's what rock stars were supposed to do. Motley Crue did stupid things because they were Motley Crue. Agreed. <laughs> I watched that. Did you so that? It was good. Yeah. I like their song choices. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. A lot of early stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the bulk of it took place before Theater of Pain. Yeah. I know. Which was nice, because I mean, that's like, you know. I loved when they were in that. Before anybody was really, it wasn't really even a band, they were... It was a band, but they were... Yeah. This is before Mick Mars coming in and that guy was trying to work... Uh, yeah, trying to play live wire. Yeah. Yeah. I never played anything like this before. Well, that's the point. Yeah. You know. It was cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely an R-rated... Oh, yeah. I mean, like, right from the start, like, with... You know. Yeah. You're like... Oh, this is where we're going. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's what it should be. Well, yeah. I mean, that's Motley Crue. Yeah. You know, it's 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 plenty of T, it's plenty of A. Yeah. You know, it's squirters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's good. Yeah. It's debauchery. I mean, that that's the story. I mean, you can't tell the story of Motley Crue without that level of debauchery because that's what they were. <laughs> you know. My my only complaint is, and I know they were trying, like, I know they were trying to tell a story, mm. and again, I think the hard part is you're trying to tell like 15 years or so of story 
in a, in a two-hour movie. Right. And that's hard to do. And a lot gets lost in translation yeah. with that. Um, I mean, as a fan, I knew, you know, okay, oh, oh here, this, is, this is where we're at now. Oh, this is where we're at here. But, I mean, there was just... I, I, I almost wish they had told the story, like, in two parts. And the first part was, like, up to Theater of Pain. Mm-hmm. And the second part was from Theater Pain to when the band gets back together. Right. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. Because... Like that, that second half is really important. Yeah. But it kind of got condensed to a point that it, it really became the Nikki Sticks movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Nikki Sticks was like almost the main character. And the rest of the band, like, I mean, you hardly learn anything about Nick Mars. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know, he's such an influential person in that band. And yet, like, he kind of got the, the short end of the stick when it came to development and learning about who he is. Right, right. You know? Still the man of mystery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, I enjoyed it. I, I, I did, too. I thought I thought it was really well done. Um, I mean, I'm only going to recommend it if you're a Motley Crue fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, in all honesty, if you're not a Motley Crue fan, this isn't a movie for you. No. Um, but you know, I enjoyed the shit out of it, and like, there was just so many like cool parts to it that you were just like, "Fuck, that's rock and roll." <laughs> it was, honestly. you know, fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty badass. I mean, everything about the sunset strip scene, you know, like the parties at their their place after the show. Yeah, you know. Like, even like, like there's that moment where like you know it's like you know um, Doc McGee when they introduce the character and they're like yeah this didn't really happen but it's a much cooler way of introducing the character yeah. you know because I mean like it, it was just it was just really well done like I, I I enjoyed the shit out of it and I mean damn that music was good yeah, it was you know real good. fuck yeah real good I liked all the characters that played the parts too I don't have any problems with any of them no neither did I nah. neither did I I mean I thought when, Tommy Lee was like right on yeah the, the, the guy that got to play Tommy Lee was like dead on <laughs> yeah dead fucking on and uh I mean my only complaint was the guy who played Vince Steele didn't put on about 40 pounds in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah But, I mean, it, it hit all, it hit all the major points it had to hit when you're talking about Motley Crue. Yeah. As far as like the band history, I mean, it, it does. If you know the band too, though, you like you know like it didn't tie itself up into a nice little bow like that. You know, Tommy and Vince still had some problems for a number of years, and I mean, in '99 they fired Tommy Lee. <laughs> you know, and in 2004 bring him back. Right. You know, so. I mean, they're, they're, this wasn't the happy family that the ending portrays it in 95 or 96, whenever it finishes up. Yeah. But still, overall, a really, really good movie. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I'll probably end up watching it again just because I want to hear the music. Yeah, I know. It was yeah. good. Yeah. The, the, cat, uh, the score was like really good. 
when what they you know yeah. what songs they used yeah it's cool even though it's not them it's still cool seeing it like sort of live if that yeah. makes any and sense like, and like even at the end of it like they, they showed like I mean a lot of the footage like the like raw footage from like yeah. old concerts and stuff they were reproducing those moves yeah a, a la like a Bohemian Rhapsody with with Live Aid. like a lot of that stuff they they, they produced like move for move and yeah. the way the stage looked and everything for their club shows with the the, the drum on the riser and everything I mean, it, it was like you know <laughs> they did a really good job of like recreating that look and feel of what a Motley Crue show would have been in the early eighties on the Sunset Strip yeah in those places I mean I, I was like okay yeah <laughs> that's cool I'm down for this <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was cool, man. Yeah. Hmm. I watched, um, what is it, Once Upon a Deadpool. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. Uh, other than the scenes with, with what's his name? Fred Savage. Fred Savage. Like, was there anything added that was worth... Um... I'm thinking. Yeah. We just watched it. Well, I mean, clearly it must not be because it, if you're thinking about it, nothing must have stuck out with you. No. I mean, there were there were some, there was a couple things, but nothing. Um, you know, they cleaned it up a bit. Yeah. And, um, you know, they took the blood out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they took the baby legs out. Yeah. Well, not out, but. But, yeah, highly censored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed it. Like, Did you? Yeah. I mean, this has been the... Oh... Uh, probably the third time I watched it. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Um, and I just watched it a week ago. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe a little over. The second one. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you could see where it was different. Some parts. You know what I mean? But yeah. it was mostly the Fred Savage. And I, that was almost worth it. Yeah. Like, I still think I figured, like, if anything's going to make this movie worth it, it's going to be the stuff between Deadpool and Fred Savage. <laughs> and, and it was good. Yeah. Yeah, it was real good. Yeah. So. But nothing that I can think of. Was yeah. Just mostly, you know, a lot. Blood. Yeah, it was more the editing. Yeah. And cleaning it up for, for the PG thirteen crowd. Oh, yeah. good God! Yeah, cleaning up for the PG thirteen crowd. Yeah. But how they cleaned it up was funny too. Yeah. Like. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it was funny. Right. It was like good comedy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it wasn't. Right. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. Just a different comedy. But, I don't know. But the right. same. It's right. weird. But it was, it was fun. Okay. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Especially the Fred Savage scene. Oh, man. That was good. Well, spe- speaking of a lack of, of blood and gore, hmm. I watched The Meg. Okay. And, uh, yeah, is anybody in the, the Meg, this is the Jason Statham opus where, uh, he takes on a Megalodon, 
or what is just essentially a gigantic shark. Yeah. You know, a prehistoric gigantic shark. And uh, it, it's a fun movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hate to say that. I mean, it's, it, it's goofy. I mean, it's ridiculously goofy, but you just kind of go with it. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Like, if, you know, I just enjoyed it because it was just Statham, like, being Statham and, like, you know, taking on a giant, a, a giant shark. Yeah. You know. And, like, it, it pokes fun at itself at some points where, like, like you know, the one guy's like, well, he walks fast and he, he talks with a growl, but I really don't think he's all that heroic. <laughs> you know, yeah. talking about Statham and, you know, it, it's, it, 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 there are many times where it has, like, it's kind of tongue firmly in his cheek. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I mean, again, like I said, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's, it's just a, a, a goofy movie that. You know, if you're looking for like two hours of just mindless fun, this is right up your alley. Then, huh. we'll have to check it out then. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's worth the two hours. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, I, I didn't like at the end of it. I wasn't like, you know, oh, boy, that was a waste of time. I, 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 I had fun with it. Oh, that's cool. You know, I, I see where you know the Meg or you know, the the guy who championed that movie a great deal, um, our, our good friend the Mongoose. Uh-huh. Um, I can certainly see where his complaints of the lack of gore would have been. I would like to have seen maybe a director's cut with because they said they they you know, they did some scenes with like that were more gory and stuff. I'd like to see a director's cut of that. Yeah. yeah. You know. But overall still fun movie yeah you know oh. i enjoyed the shit out of it and that's cool yeah i'll check it out yeah i i highly again it i would highly recommend it if you're somebody who's looking for mindless fun if you're if you're looking for something that's going to challenge you this is not that movie <laughs> right you know what i mean like you know <laughs> you know i don't know what it is you're looking for but it's not the meg <laughs> right you know I, I also finished up um Netflix released the uh, the last season of Arrested Development. Okay. So I watched that, mm. and uh, that was disappointing. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I, it's one of those shows, like, it, you're trying to recapture lightning in a bottle, mm-hmm. and it just can't be done. Like, when that show was on, and it ran for three seasons, those three seasons are fucking hysterical. Yeah. Like, that is fucking comedy gold. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they went away for ten years, and they come back, and they try to redo it, and it just didn't work. Yeah. Like, even the fifth season, which is more a little bit more cohesive than the, the fourth season, because of they, they just worked our schedules out so they could all work together. Uh-huh. It was just, like... Yeah, mm, there still isn't. Real. I mean, there were some funny moments in it. Uh-huh. Like I, I had some real laugh out loud moments, especially during the fifth season. But like for the most part, though, it, it still just misses what you were looking for from an Arrested Development hmm. season, and I, I, that was disappointing. Yeah. Um. So I, like, I, I hate, I hate to say, like. If you're somebody who's interested in, in Arrested Development, just stick with the first three seasons. Don't watch four or five because 
it'll just bum you out. Just not there. Huh? Yeah, it's, unfor- it's, un- it's unfortunate because, I mean, it was such a funny fucking show. Yeah. Like, it was a show, like, I, I feel bad because I discovered it after it went off the air. Yeah. You know, Nancy, we, we picked up the DVDs and we were on unemployment for, like, you know, five bucks, a, uh, you know, a season. Yeah. And we just watched the shit out of them and just laughed our asses off every time. Yeah. And even today, like, I'll go back. Like, it's one of those shows, like, I'll go back. I can't. The only problem with it is, like, I can't watch it, like, as a background thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you can with some shows. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the jokes are so subtle that you'll miss them. Yeah. And like, <laughs> even, like, with the first three seasons, when I go back and watch them, I pay close attention. Like, because maybe there's something I missed. Yeah. And sometimes I find something I missed, and I think, oh, fuck, that is really fucking funny. I can't believe they did that. Yeah. You know, so it's such a good show, and it's, it's like the last two seasons were such a disappointment. And I, I, I don't want to blame anybody for it. You know, it, it's just, I think it's just one of those things where you, you, they, you try to do something that you just can't go back to. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. Hmm. And uh, the last thing um, I, I want, I finished up. Um, Star Wars Resistance season one. Okay, this is the animated show that's on uh, the Disney Channel. That um, again, this was the replacement for Rebels, which finished off last season. Yeah, and uh, I found myself hate watching this show. Really? Yeah, like it was like really bad. In my really? Opinion. It was like the first half of the of the season. Because, like, the problem is, like, I wasn't liking any of the characters. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you have a name like Resistance, I'm expecting it to have to do with the First Order. And, and, and it turns out, like, it's a slow burn to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And when you finally get to that point, the show finally picked up. Mm-hmm. And the First Order gets involved and... You know, the shit's going down, and you're like, oh, okay, now you have my interest. The characters I'm still not quite on board with. Like, I didn't, like, I didn't, I, unlike Rebels and even, like, Clone Wars, where, like, you ended up falling in love with, like, the characters, I I haven't found myself liking these characters that much. Hmm. But at the end of the day, the story that it told, I at least enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Like, and it ties in with the, uh... The Force Awakens at the end. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the the, the main character. You're not gonna watch it. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> the main character Kaz, he's from Hosnian <laughs> Prime. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is the 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 capital of the New Republic. Right. Well, like in the 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 second to last episode of the season. You know, he's sneaking around this this uh, station that's being taken over by the New Republic, and he and he, they come across these stormtroopers that are watching a transmission, mm-hmm. and it's Hux giving the speech right before they fire Starkiller Base uh-huh. on Hosnian Prime. Oh, really? So he sees his homeworld being destroyed. Oh, okay. And it like it shakes his character a lot. Like he's like, "Fuck!" He's like, "I have to complete my mission, but fuck, my parents were just fucking killed." Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it, like, really, like, fucks him up. And I mean, it was, like, cool that, like, it, it intersected that way. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, wow, okay, that's impressive. There was an episode with Poe, and Poe's like, well, I need BB-8 back because I have to go to Jakku. Uh-huh. 
well, we know why he's going to Jakku. Yeah. You know, so it's all kind of like at the end of this, it kind of it ties in with the Force Awakens a little bit, and so that excites me. It's like okay, maybe now we're going to get on a roll here with this tying in with the the Star Wars universe, right? You know, so that was kind of neat. It just took a long time to get there. It took a really long time to get there, but once it did, it got good. Like I heard people say, like you got to come back to it because it's it's. The second half, the 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 second half of season one is worth watching. Yeah, and it's a very slow burn to get there, but once it got there, it, it, it took off, and I was I, I enjoyed the story that it told after that. Okay, I just wish I liked the characters more. Okay, you know, like none of them like like I remember walking out of when I went to go see the Clone Wars movie, mm-hmm. walking out hating Ahsoka Tano. Like I was like, oh, this is gonna be just this bratty little kid. He's gonna be. You know, hanging around with Anakin and just, you know, shooting her mouth off, having some sort of catchphrase or something. Well, that character developed into one of the best characters in the Star Wars universe. Right. You know, and, you know, she grew on me over that first season even. Uh Uh-huh. To the point where I was like, you know, fuck, this is a really cool character. Yeah. And with Rebels, like, there was, like, an ep, like... I had a problem with it at first because it's like, okay, well, you're the show replacing Clone Wars. Clone Wars got canceled because of you. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, and so I kind of held a grudge against it, but that grudge went away quickly because I fell in love with the characters really fast. Mm-hmm. Those characters were developed really well. And this is the first show that Dave Filani is not the story runner on. Okay. And I think that may be part of it because I, I think Dave Filani, and I don't want to hold it against whoever is the the, the showrunner on this because I'm sure I mean they're doing a heck of a job and they did a great job of tying this in with the fir- the Force Awakens, mm-hmm. but like it's just something missing with the characters that like Dave Filani would have put in there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I don't know what it is, but you know, and I'm not I I, I got to blame somebody. So I guess whoever created the show and created the characters that showrunner. This has not done a good job of, of selling that to me, unfortunately. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It sounds good, though. It, 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 it was. Like, I mean, once, like I said, once it got going, once you got to the point that the First Order was more involved mm-hmm. and on the station. Right. Like, it was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Right. Now we're getting somewhere. You know? Something I recognize. Yeah. Well, I mean, because, like, before it was like, you know, well, they're you know it's the pirates are coming, and you know the first order is trying to sell themselves as protection for the base. Well, like they reach a point where like you know the command of the base is like, okay, yeah, let's bring the first order in. Well, once the first order's got their foot in the door, yeah, they just take over. You know, yeah, it quickly goes to like, oh, we're just here for for peacekeeping purposes. To yeah, this is a full on, we're taking over. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I mean, it's I get it. Yeah. It's what they do. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but it's really well done. So, like, I mean, I, like I said, I mean, like, the story that it told at the second half, I enjoyed. It just, it took so long to fucking get there. Like, I, I, I got, I reached for I, I honestly said, I'm just deleting these off the DVR. And I started reading people say, like, you, you got to give it a ch- another chance. Go back to it. Right, right. And I was like, okay, let me give it another try. <laughs> and luck, I'm glad I did because I enjoyed it. But I'm not exactly looking forward to season two that much. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sitting there going, oh, I can't wait for this. It, it's, oh, okay, well, when it comes back, you know, I've got to, I've got to set the record. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's all. Yeah. 
we're like at the end of season one of Rebels. I'm like, oh shit, I can't wait for this to come back. Right. You know, right. no, not like that. Hmm. So. Cool. Yeah. That's it. That's all. That's all I watched this week. Yeah, that's it for me too. Yeah. Nancy had jury duty on Tuesday. Ah. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah, so I had to take her downtown. I had to call off work. You had to call off to the, for her jury duty. Yeah, because the problem is she doesn't know her way around downtown. Oh. And, like, even with, like, a, uh, a GPS, like, getting around downtown and knowing how to get, like, okay, I know this street's one way, this one's not. I know I got to get into this turning lane. You know I mean? Yeah. It, downtown can be very, very confusing if you don't know your way around. Okay. And, unfortunately, she doesn't. Yeah. And... So, like, it was just, like, one of those decisions where it was, like, we're probably just better off if I just call off work and take and take you down there. Yeah. Yeah, so I got up at 6.30 in the morning, drove her down, <laughs> came mm. home, slept for a little bit. Mm. She called at noon and said, okay, we're done. Okay, I'll be down in 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so that that, that was... That was my Tuesday. <laughs> That's why I got a lot of this shit watched. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, my. I think I think it's all the excitement I had this week. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't do much this week either. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you, Ian. You're you're a dog owner. Yes. Okay. Now, as a dog owner, you know, one of the biggest pet peeves people have about dog owners is cleaning up the poop. Okay. Now, I, I know you don't walk your dogs per se. No. But, so like, you don't have the problem of like them pooping out in, in front of other people's homes or stuff like that. No. But I'm sure you find the occasional pow. Yeah. You know. What if you could have that tested, determine whose dog it was? <laughs> I don't see how that's possible. Well, it is. Yeah. But oh, here's the problem. Like, it only works. There, there, there's a company called Poo Prints. Okay. Okay. And what they do is they, they, they're a service that, that caters to, like, um, Gated communities okay. or apartment complexes uh-huh. where as part of your agreement, you have to give a DNA sample to like the landlord or the, the, the board or whoever. Yeah. And then if you're, you, your dog, if you're walking your dog and you're leaving stray poo behind, they can have that poo tested, determine it's yours and then fine you for it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> This is where the technology's taking us, my friend. Yeah, what a waste of money. <laughs> what a waste of money. Just wow. clean up your shit. Well, I agree with you there. I mean, the, the, but the problem is there are people who don't. Yeah. You know? First of all, I want to thank our friends at Masada Geek for bringing this story to my attention. Okay. You know, thanks, Peacock. I appreciate it. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I mean, th- th- this is one of those things where, like, Like as a non, 
non-dog owner, I don't. I, at my apartment complex, I don't have this problem. Yeah. Because we don't. We're not allowed dogs. Uh huh. But there are a lot of people in the neighborhood who do own dogs. Mm-hmm. And I thank goodness I don't have the problem, at least around where I'm at, of like you know finding stray poo. Mm. Because that's just annoying. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like you just like, you know, just pick up your dog shit. Yeah. yeah. You know? But, I mean, apparently, I mean, it's a problem that, like, paints dog owners in a bad light. Like, the people who don't pick up their dog shit. Yeah. You know? And even, like, in public parks or, like, like dog dog runs and stuff, like dog parks, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to pick up that dog shit. Yeah. You know? You know how everybody's doing it. Right. So when I'm out there, I'm trying to play with my dog. Next thing I know, I step in a, in a steamer. Yeah. You know, like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. yeah. That's the worst. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, I get it. Yeah. It's just... I don't know. I mean, it just... It's it's one of those things where, like, if, if I lived somewhere where... It's micromanaging your life. Well, but if I live somewhere, like a, an apartment complex is... That had like, like one common area for for people to like hang out in. Right. You know, and you're not cleaning up after your dog. Here's a great way where I can say, okay, we're take you know take call call the landlord, have that have that picked up, and we're gonna have a test. And we're gonna find out who the fuck's doing this. Yeah. Because they should have their dog registered. Yeah. You know, and then you know that'll teach them a lesson. <laughs> and more importantly, like from what. The statistics are showing that the, the, the places that are using this technology, who do have this part of their their agreement, do have less instances of stray dog poop. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because people are afraid of being fined for it. Right. They don't want to be fined. Because the fine is substantial. Like you know, yeah. they say, like normally it's between four and five hundred dollars. Well, it's because it's being sent to a lab. To right. Test. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But and plus, I'm sure like it's got to be one of those deals where like you have to pay that company. Like if you're poo prints, like it can't it can't benefit you that like nobody's being tested, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know, you're, if you're if you're getting a hundred samples a month and you've got five hundred clients, that's a bad ratio. You know. So I'm sure they've got to have a retainer fee of some type where you're, you know, the, the, these landlords are, are paying like a monthly fee just to keep the service active. Right. You know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a waste. But that's well, just it, me. It's, it's a waste for a waste. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I guess I, I mean I understand a, both sides of it. I just yeah. think it's micromanaging that's just right too much for me. <laughs> you know. Right. And you know, you can only do certain things in these type of gated communities or complexes. You know what I mean? Like there's rules. Right. Right. And now it's just more micromanaging that all the way down to poo. Well, like I'm I've, I've never been one who wants to live in like a gated community. Mm-hmm. Or in one of those places where you have like a, a homeowners association, right? Because you're right. If I own my home, I won't be able to do what the fuck I want, right? Like I don't want to have to conform to these rules. 
which like has always baffled me. Like you know, you know, if I want to put a ten foot ranger out in front of my house, I'm gonna put a ten foot ranger in front of my fucking house. Yeah, you know, I'm, I, don't tell me how I can decorate my house for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, you know, but, I know. Yeah, I mean that that's that that has always seemed to be like, if you're willing to do that as a like as a homeowner, like more power to you, or I guess less power to you, because like you're to me, you're giving up your rights. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. I want to be able to do whatever the fuck I want to my house. Like, right. if, I, if, I, if I want to paint it purple with a big print symbol on the side of it, I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. You know, you can't stop me. You know? Yeah. But apparently if I'm part of a homeowners association or get, getting like one of these gated communities, yes, I can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can be stopped very quickly. It's like you lose your right. Yeah. But <laughs> like in an apartment situation, like to me, that make, that's where it makes the most sense. Yeah. You know. Because it is part of your your lease agreement that you would clean up after your animal, right? Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where it makes the most sense to me. I get it. You know. Huh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's the next minority report right there. Yeah. Right. You know, Tom Cruise is coming after you because you thought about well, when I walk my dog, I'm just not going to pick up the shit. <laughs> get him get him <clears throat> what else you got uh, I'm, I'm gonna ask you a, a dumb question I don't have much so I'm, I'm gonna go with this route I thought of this today mm. I, I was watching um, on NFL on the NFL network uh, they were, it was the a football life of Dwight Clark okay and, um, you know, Dwight Clark, for those who don't know, he's the guy responsible for the catch. You know, the Montana, the Clark, 1981 NFC Championship game. 49ers beat the Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. One of the highlight moments, like it's one of those like iconic moments in football history. Yeah. I remember watching the game. Okay. Like, I, I that was like the first football season I really paid attention to. Uh-huh. As a fan, and so I remember watching that NFC Championship game. I remember the catch, like being and like everything that went along with it. Like I, I wasn't in the stadium, but I remember watching it on TV as a kid. Mm. And I think I thought about after watching that, I thought about of all the iconic moments that I've seen over my lifetime, like either being in the stadium or like. Watching it on TV, yeah, and there have been hundreds of them. I mean, there are some you like. You sit there and you say, "Well, did I actually see that, or did I just see the highlight of it?" So, I, my question to you is: It's twofold. What's the greatest moment you ever saw in person, like what you were in the stadium for, or the arena? Mm. And two, what's the greatest moment you just ever saw, like watching on TV uh. live? Like on TV. Yeah, like, like like you were watching that game live and this happened. You're like, holy shit, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> it's hard thinking back. Yeah, because I mean, like Grant Hill the Leitner, I didn't see that live. Right. I've, seen, I've seen the highlight of it a thousand times, but I didn't see it live, so I can't count it. Right. You know, it's stuff like that. that like, so there are some things where you kind of have to say to yourself, did I really see that a lot? Like, did I watch watch it on TV, or do I just remember seeing the highlights of it? Yeah, you know what I mean. 
Because I want to say that I saw Jordan win in the dunk contest. Yeah. And that was one of the highlights of... But I didn't, of course. I mean, I was on TV. Right. But um, still, like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, something you watched on TV that's like, like, wow, I can't believe I, that happened. I, I, I was a part of that moment, even though I, was, I saw it on TV. But also, like, what was, like, something you saw actually live? Bulls winning the championship. That was something big for me. Yeah. Um, well, the multiple championships. Yeah. I watched yeah. a lot of basketball. Um, that at at the uh, the uh, pit comeback to beat Virginia Tech. Yeah, that was a great moment for that us. That was a live moment for yeah. us. Yeah. We shared you, that you one together. I, yeah. That was an amazing moment. Yeah, um, Lusaka Polite. With like no time left on the clock, they hand it off to Polite, and he goes over the middle of the score to touchdown to beat Virginia Tech, who, yeah. who was like ranked number two at the time, I think. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were like like at least a top five team. And as it was I recall. freezing. Yeah, it, it was a great moment. Yeah, that was it was nuts. Yeah, Hinesville was like one of those few games like like back in the day when like Pitt could pack in Hinesville. That place was packed. And it packed. Went, it was like a Steeler game. Yeah, and it went ballistic. Yeah, that was a good moment. Yeah. Uh, seeing the cups, yeah, with Lemieux, yeah. Um, and I swear, I, I, I maybe I didn't because I used to watch a lot of hockey, yeah, much more than I did now, yeah. I mean, I used to watch, try to watch like every game, yeah. if possible. And I swear, I saw the Lemieux, the natural, uh. Uh, what is it? Uh, five goals, five ways. Five goals, five ways. Yeah, I swear I watched that game. Yeah, one of the most amazing, one of the most amazing moments. It was just a moment. Was when uh, uh, Lemieux shot from behind the net and hit it off the back of the goal. Oh yeah, end, end of the goal. Yeah, it's a great moment. Yeah. Um, James Harrison's run back. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. In 40, Super Bowl 43. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to say. Yeah. And then Bettis' fumble. Yeah. As weird as that sounds, but yeah. I, it was... Huge, because then Ben makes that tackle. Yeah, and he never fumbled. Yeah. Bettis never fumbled, really. No. No, he was he, he, he was one of the most sure-handed running backs ever. Yeah. And he fumbles the ball. Yeah. And we were like... Yeah. I mean, what? mouth drop. Yeah. So yeah, there was that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I think that's it. Yeah. For me, I'm thinking of all the sports moments. Nothing ever had to do with baseball, <laughs> for me, because I didn't yeah. really watch baseball. Yeah. Hmm. Mike Tyson's punch outs. <laughs> yeah. But we always saw those after the fact because I never, yeah. I never, I, it was not worth the money. For, right. For well, I mean, plus, I mean, we, at Tyson was at his height, we were still in high school. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like you had the option to buy that yourself. It was like, Mom. I don't think I even would because yeah, Tyson it, was infamous for knocking out fighters in like 43 seconds. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was never worth the, the price. Would you ever pay $50 to watch Tyson punch out someone in. No. 
under two minutes. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I got a few. Um, being there in person, um, Ronald Ramon hitting the three-pointer at the buzzer to beat West Virginia okay. at at the um, at the Peterson Event Center. Uh huh. Like that was back in the day, like when they had Dewan Blair and all those guys. Like that 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 team yeah. that went to a, to the Elite Eight like that year. West Virginia was good too. People forget that. Like at that time, West Virginia was like a top twenty-five team. Pitt was a top ten team, and so that was a huge game with like huge importance. And uh, plus, it was Pitt West Virginia, so it was just yeah, yeah. Added, added on top of it. But I mean, Pitt was down by by one. They hit you know Ramon in the corner. He drops the the three to end the game. You're just like it, the place just erupted. Yeah, like it was like one of those like great moments where like. And I was like, again, the Peterson Event Center, like, that was like, the zoo was at its height back then. Yeah. You know, like, it, like uh, of just, like, it was, the Peterson Event Center was, like, notorious for being one of the, the hardest places to play in because of the crowd. Yeah. You know, in the, in the student se- section and everything. <laughs> and that, that, I mean, that shit place just erupted when he dropped that, that three on, on West Virginia to win the game. Yeah. You're like, holy fuck. <laughs> you know, because they only needed a two to win, and he drops a three. You know, you're like, oh. Fuck! What he? Oh, he hit it! <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. Being there in person to see polite beat wow. like, that was one of those iconic, like to me, like one of those great moments. Because like the other thing you, people forget is like that was Virginia Tech was leaving the Big East. Yeah. So they only were like a top ten team, but they were also like it was kind of like a grudge match because it was like you know. Fuck Virginia Tech for doing this to us. Yeah, you know, like people were pissed that they, like them in Miami were leaving to go to the to the ACC at the time, and it was like, you know, so it, it, it was a little bit more sweeter to beat them and like keep them from doing something great because it was like, you know, yeah. Um, I it was well, I mean, and I know I've talked about it before, but the Sid Bream home run. Yeah. You know, just to kind of kind of quickly recap that story, if you haven't heard it, um, in the I guess '92, he Sid Bream was a Pittsburgh Pirate, and he was a free agent, and the Braves offered him more money, and he didn't want to leave, but like people convinced him, like you got to sign with the Braves, you got to take the money, <laughs> you know, yeah. and um, so he was beloved at the time, and the the, the Braves come to Pittsburgh. It's the first game of a three-game series, and the Pirates are just blowing out the Braves. So it's the ninth inning, top of the ninth, and they send Sid Bream to the plate with nobody on. And he gets this a great standing ovation, just tremendous. And he tips his cap, and he, he gets in the batter's box. And I elbowed my dad because we had t- well, our seats. We had great seats. We were right on the first baseline. We were about ten rows back, right on the fir- right, right on first base. Mm-hmm. And I elbowed my dad. I said, wouldn't it be great if he hit a home run because it would be nothing. But this place would go wild. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and he just crushed it over the left field wall. Yeah. And the place, if if Three Rivers Stadium would have had a roof, it would have been blown off because that place erupted. That was back when the Pirates could draw. 
and they drew 68,000 fans to Three Rivers Stadium for that game. Mm. And the place blew up. And hand to God, as he was rounding first, he was already in tears. Really? Like, oh, yeah, he was just bawling rounding first base because the place like just went bananas. You know, yeah. and like he hit, he hit home plate. You could tell like he was just a blubbering mess, and he's tipped his cap, and he went into the, the dugout, and the place just was still just going nuts. And he came out on the you know the top step and gave a you know oh it was like it was like one of those I'm getting fucking goosebumps thinking about it right <laughs> now because I was there for it, and it's just like fuck, you know. And then he breaks my heart six months later because Sid Bream was the guy who crossed home plate. To beat the Pirates in Game right. Seven of the yeah, NLCS, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Francisco Cabrera, the left field, Barry Bonds, fucking candy arm, can't get it home. Bream slides under Smacky Lavalier's tag. Oh, heartbreak. <laughs> me, me, and Big Chuck just sat there in silence. Yeah, because we thought we were going to the World Series. Yeah, yeah. Like we were up one nothing. Drabeck had pitched a gem. You know, and they gave it up. It's like, fuck. Bream, round, Bream from second base who had no wheels, rounding rounding third, heading for home. Fucking Bonds. Couldn't get it home. No. Nah. No. Like, say what you will about Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, great hitter, one of the greatest hitters of all time, one of the greatest base runners of all time. He had he had the wheels in left field to chase down damn near anything, but he had the arm that was like fucking laffy taffy. Yeah. No 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 arm whatsoever. Interesting. Yeah. Like his one weakness was his arm strength. Yeah. You know, and so I mean he has this this throw out at home plate and he couldn't he he was off the mark and he was short and Lavalier had to step up and then dive to make the tag and Breen slid right underneath and you're like fuck that's it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, one of those heartbreaking moments of my life. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's one of the greatest moments of my life. I mean, it's like a great sports moment. I, I don't consider it that, but I saw it on TV, and you're just like, fuck, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I think the things I've, I've seen on TV... Um, Lemieux's co- Lemieux coming out of retirement. Yeah. First game back. That first game back. Yeah. Yeah, and he gets the goal and everything. Oh, that was amazing. Yeah. That was a night that the igloo, they damn near blew the roof off of it. Yeah. This town loves Lemieux. They do. Well, I mean, and speaking of Lemieux moments, game one, <laughs> Stanley Cup Finals, 92, mm-hmm. against the Blackhawks. They, they were down. They, they come all the way back. They got the game tied. There's hardly any time left on the clock. And Le, Lemieux wins the faceoff. I think he gets it over to, to um, I can't remember who he gets the puck over to. They get it back to Lemieux, and he puts it in the net, like, with no time left. Uh-huh. I remember, like, that moment in time, The the, the that was at, at the, the Civic Arena. Mm. And... The crowd was so loud, the cameras were shaking. Yeah. Like, they, you couldn't get a clear shot because the cameras were shaking 
from the volume of like the just the way the place just exploded with that goal. Yeah. And it's like so amazing because like that set the tone for that series. They, they swept them in four. Yep. You know, but that was like the closest Chicago got that entire series. Yeah. You know, that was it. That was their one shot, you know, and they blew it. And Lemieux hit that, that game-winning goal at the end of the game. And that, like, that place just erupted in such a way that, like, I'll never forget that shot. Of, like, you can just see the cameras just shaking. The guy's trying to hold it still, and you can just see the, it's just shaking from the sheer volume that was taking place there. Yeah. You know. What, um... Oh, what was his name? Um, oh, man. Where he shushed the crowd. Oh. Oh, shit against Philadelphia. I saw that. Oh, yeah. What was his name? Because oh, he ended up getting the game-winning goal in the finals. Um, oh, I can't remember. Oh. Yeah. But he, get, he gets in that fight in Philadelphia... Shushes the crowd, oh, and, and they were down. It's one of the but, greatest but, moments, but, hockey but, moments, and but they end up coming back to win that game and, and win the series. Yeah, if they lose that game, they don't win the cup. Yeah, yeah, that was a great moment. It was a good. I, I saw that. Yeah, Flurry save against um, Detroit. Yeah. Like the two saves at the end of the game, yeah, yeah, a game seven, mm-hmm. and that second one when he slides over, he's like pushing that skate, the slide over, and take that shot right in the middle of the chest. Oh, that's so fucking awesome! <laughs> I, 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 at that moment, sitting on the edge of my seat, like just like every muscle, every fiber of my being being so tense watching that all happen. He's just like, "Fuck, they're gonna blow it!" The fuck! Oh, he made the save! It's in this game over. I mean, oh, yeah. it was like such a great moment. Maxine Talbot. Oh, Max Talbot, yeah. yeah. Oh. That's a good one. Yeah. There it is, mate. It's enough. Time and a place, to me. This is not the time oh, for yeah. the Yeah. Yeah. Going to the box. <laughs> Shushing the crowd. Yeah. And that started the comeback. Amazing. Oh. Yeah, Amazing. I was at, I forgot this, I was at the five overtime game. Oh, yeah? With, against the Flyers. Oh, yeah? Like, was it 98? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That was nuts. Yeah? I've never been through something like that before. I mean, that was like, <laughs> that was great because like, it's the great thing about overtime hockey is it's sudden death. Yeah, you know, especially when you get into the when you get into the playoffs, it's sudden death hockey. There's no shootouts, and it was like so great because like you just there were so many opportunities and like the goalies just played out of their mind and like you were just like oh fuck when's this gonna end yeah you know and I, I just don't, like nobody left like it, it was like the place was still packed and like the crowd was still into the game like you you expect like at that point like I mean the game ended like three in the morning. You know, right? Like you expect the crowd to like at some point like just like be like fuck it, we're done. Yeah, you know, and it never happened. Like they stayed in it, and that was like one of those great moments I'll never forget. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Is Antonio Holmes making the catch? Back in the end zone. Yeah, to win Super Bowl forty three. Yeah, that was huge. Um. 
Jordan winning Game Six of that fi- of that last Finals against the Jazz, mm-hmm. like that that moment, like you know, he's got the flu, yeah, you know, he's worn down, you know, he's you just tell he's got just a little bit left in the tank, and like he comes down, and he, he maybe there's a little bit of a push off, I don't know, <laughs> you know, but I, I watched that game, I never forget that moment because he he makes the move, he gets himself open. And he hits the, the the two to win the game, and it's like that moment, like you just like you wish that's how it had actually ended. Like you wish he didn't come back and play for DC, because yeah. like, that iconic moment of him just like his arm up in the air after like letting go of the shot, and, and like you're just like that, that's how it should have ended. Yeah, you know, yeah. oh, he's an amazing player. Yeah, I mean, he never went to a game seven, but hitting that shot to win game six to, to end the series was like so amazing. Yeah, you know. Like especially like knowing like you know, he had the flu, he was he, you know he, he didn't have anything left in the tank and it's like mm, damn, he was that good. Dude. He was. I have to say he's probably one of the best bas- probably the best basketball player I ever played the game. Absolutely, like I, I hear people talk about LeBron, and like I I'll give him credit where credit's due. Like LeBron's one of the greatest players of all time. Mm. There's no doubt about it. You know, but when you compare the Michael and Kobe, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, I really am. Like, you're third at best, yeah. <laughs> you know, because because Kobe, like, and Kobe has his detractors, and I get that, but like to me, the reason I put him like number two of all time is like that killer instinct that he had that like Jordan had. Yeah, you know, what I mean, like when he had an opportunity to put his foot on your throat, he put his foot on your throat. Yeah, you know what I mean, and he didn't care if he liked you, if he didn't like you. When he had an opportunity to put you out of your misery, he did it. And LeBron James has never been able to do that. I'm sorry. Yeah, he doesn't have that killer instinct like like Kobe did. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's best that's ever played. Oh, jo- Michael Jordan, absolutely. Like, I, I could, I, I know, but people make it statements for other players, and but you know. I'm no sorry. Way. Like you just you can't. Like you, you, there's no way you can not acknowledge my, Michael. Like you, you can make cases for two and three, and you know, you you want to bring your your Wilt Chamberlains into this and Kareem's and whatnot. I'll, magic. I'll, uh, magic. I'll listen to all the arguments for Larry Bird, but they all come in number two to number twenty three. Yeah, you know yeah. that's just the way it fucking is. And it's funny too because when they went to the Olympics, when all them guys went to the Olympics, yeah. Jordan let him know who is now in charge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was Michael's team. Yeah. And, like, you know, even on the practice, you know, when they were playing, <laughs> you know, it was like, it was like. The hardest games they played were against each other. Right. You know. And, like, before they even, you know, took off or anything like that, they were, you know, playing some. And, and uh, Magic was did not want to let go of that. No. That title. And Jordan pretty much took it from his hand. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is my team. Yeah. It's pretty powerful stuff. He is. I mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a cool moment. You it know, is. I mean, like, you think of all the moments. Like, I didn't see the game. But, like, that that, that game against, against um, Cleveland, you know, where he, he drops 
that three pointer and then like you know jumps over Michael Elo, bumping his fist and shit. You're just like fuck. That's Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's like like such like Jordanism. Like yeah. you know, that's how it should be. Like that's that's why I say LeBron's no better than three because he doesn't have that. Yeah, Mike Mike, he was so competitive, man. Yeah, so competitive. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, it was good watching Jordan. Yeah, growing up, I thought. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, I can't wait. Next year, ESPN is gonna have a, do- a ten-part documentary. Like there was like some film crew that followed around like that last Bulls team, mm-hmm. and like got all this back behind-the-scenes footage. Like it's never been released until now. Yeah. You know, it's like. And plus, they're interviewing the guys from that team, and it's just like as dysfunctional as they fucking were, probably from the sound of like like the commercial I saw. Mm-hmm. Once they walked on the court, it was you know you you played for the name on the front of the jersey, and number twenty three was the leader. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you followed his lead, or you got the fuck out of the way. Yeah. Most people did. Yeah. Pippen did, for sure. Well, yeah. But Pippen I mean, was a good player. Man. He, he was, yeah. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. And, but, I mean, like, you, I mean, you talk about, like, like, how did Dennis Rodman play for three years with Michael Jordan? Well, Dennis Rodman wanted to win. Yeah. That's why. That's <laughs> how. Yeah. You know, Dennis Rodman was willing to conform. Like, everything he did outside of basketball Michael was just like, I can deal with it as long as you are here on game days. Right. You know, as long as you are here on game days and you are giving me 100%, I don't give a fuck what the fuck else you do. And D-Ron did give 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He didn't, he didn't sleep a game. Uh-uh. No. Now he came to play. Yeah. And it's weird the people that got on the Bulls later on. Later on. Yeah. Like John Sally. Yeah. The Chief came on the Bulls for a year. Yeah, I think that was the first run. To get the ring, I think. Yeah, but that was the first run. The, I think he was part of the first three. Was he? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, because, I mean, the Chief, I mean, like, for that second run, like, the Chief would have been, like, 70 or something, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know? <laughs> Buddha Edwards was on the bench. Yeah. So it was John, John Sally, Buddha Edwards, D-Rod. Yeah. I don't think Boot Edwards made it in much. No, no. But neither did John Sally. Uh -uh. (laughs) No. John Sally was just there, you know, just in case. (laughs) Yeah. You know. (laughs) But it was definitely cool. Yeah. Yeah. Man. They they had such good members of that team. No, yeah. I remember Steve Kerr hitting them outside shots. Exactly. I mean, like, oh, you, know, you think about that. Like, like Steve fucking Kerr. Yeah. You know. Three-point specialist. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Enough about the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah, those are my moments. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, of something else. I, I'm trying to think of something that's not, not local. Like, that I saw on TV. Uh, like, you know, that... And... It's tough, because it's like... You know, 
if it's not local, I'm trying to think, like, did I see it or did I just see the highlight of it? You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure I saw Hogan slam Andre the Giant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I remember, like, I remember, I watched that too. Like, I remember watching that. And, I mean, like, they, they, like that just happened 32 years ago. Yeah. And of like, course, Andre kind of slammed himself. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. You're right. But it's, <laughs> it's funny. Like something like that, like pro wrestling matches, like there, like you talk about like that moment, okay? And that's like this iconic moment that everyone remembers, mm-hmm. or you've seen it a thousand times. But if you ever actually watch that match, it's fucking awful. Yeah, like it, it's like it's like one of those th- things where like the hype of that match exceeds what the match actually was. Yeah. If you watch that whole match, because it's not because Andre could barely move, and then Hogan had, during the first time he tried to slam Andre had blown out his back. Right. So there's a lot of Andre having Hogan in a bear hug in that match. Uh-huh. It is really fucking bad. Yeah. And it's like it ranks right up there, like my opinion. Like, like I get it, it's like it's an iconic moment, but like it ranks right up there with like that Hell in the Cell match that took place at the Civic Arena between the Undertaker and. <laughs> And, and mankind. Yeah, yeah. Like you remember it because like it's like mankind getting thrown off the top of the cage, and like and him coming back and then going through the cage and his tooth coming out of his fucking nose. Like all this horse shit that takes place at that match. But if you really think about it, that match is fucking awful. Yeah, a lot of walking around. There's a lot of walking around taking a place there. You just remember three three moments, you know. Mick Foley going off the top of the cage, Mick Foley going through the cage, and Mick Foley sitting there with his nose with his tooth in his nose. That's it. Yeah. You know, everything else about that match you forgot because it's that fucking bad. Yeah. Like you forget like the Undertaker jumps down from the top of the cage and hurts himself. <laughs> like fucked up his ankle. So he's hobbling around. And like people are trying to buy him time so he can like at least walk it off a little bit. You know, like, oh it's so it, it's a horrible match, but it's like the 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 legend exceeds what, what it actually was, yeah. you know? And so, like, if you go to, like, professional wrestling, like, like, you go back to WrestleMania three and, like, you know, Savage versus Steamboat. Yeah. That was a great fucking match. Yeah. That was an amazing match. The ending kind of sucks, but the match overall was fucking fantastic. But that match, for whatever reason, gets exceeded as being iconic because of Hogan versus Andre. Yeah, yeah. You know. Oh, man. I, I What I miss and I what I used to love to watch were the ladder matches between the Hardy Boys and Christian. And oh, Edge. oh, God. Or the, or the Dudleys. The Dudley Boys, yeah. Some yeah. crazy fucking matches. Yeah, like, I mean. The Hardy Boys were fucking nuts. They all were. And yeah, they, all of them. I mean, they all were for some of the shit they put themselves through. Like, I mean, Edge launching himself off of a ladder to spear Jeff Hardy while he's hanging from the fucking belts and put him, like, through a table. Like, I mean, that's, like, insanity. Yeah, right. Like, the choreography had yeah, to be, like... Like, you don't do that shit. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's insanity. Swanton bomb off yeah. a fucking ladder onto a table. Yeah. Breaking a table, breaking a guy through a table off, yeah. a, off a you know fifty foot ladder. Yeah, it's nuts. Nuts. And like those, you know, the going for whatever the briefcase or whatever they were trying to yeah. get. But you got to remember, those ladders are so fucking tall. Yeah. And there's no, there's no ropes. There's no. nothing holding them. No. 
That's just all Daredevil shit. Yeah. That's crazy shit. It was. I mean, even if they just fell from that height, let alone yeah. doing a, a bomb. Yeah. Or whatever they were doing. Yeah. They'd get hurt. Yeah. I mean, it had to be, it had to be like, so choreographed. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's like one of those things, like, from like a safety standpoint, you know, the WWE would never let that happen now. No way. But I mean, it, but it was like, like back then, it was like the Wild Wild West, and it created like such these, like, fucking insanity moments of just like, holy shit, I can't believe that happened. Know. You know? Like, how are these people still walking? <laughs> you think head trauma in football's bad? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, another one of those moments, like, I saw live was the I Quit match between Mick Foley and The Rock, uh-huh. where The Rock hits him in the head with a chair, handcuffed. Mick Foley's hands are handcuffed behind his back, and The Rock tees off on his head 20 times with a steel chair. Jesus. Like, you're just like, holy shit. How does this guy not have, like, tra- like traumatic brain he, injury? He does. He has to. He fucking has to. Because, I mean, like, he got teed off on. <laughs> like, you know. His head was split open. Yeah. You know. And I, oh, it's like one of those things, like, you're just like, holy shit. Like, it was uncomfortable to watch yeah. at a certain point. Because, like, you're like, okay, like, one or two I get, you do that. Like, like you just kept teeing off on him and teeing off on him and teeing off on him. I'm just like, oh, my God. Just let it stop. <laughs> like, this, like, I don't care how choreographed shit is. That, 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 that can't be good for you. Right. You know, and it's a real steel chair. This isn't something jimmied up. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, a lot of times you say, like, you, know, you put somebody through a table, the table's jimmied up to collapse. Right, right. You know, but, like, that steel chair wasn't. You know, I mean, that was some random steel chair they grabbed. Yeah, yeah. Like, holy fuck. Yeah. You know. The rock. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, I, I saw live Steve, Steve Austin. This is one of those iconic moments you talk about. Steve Austin versus Bret Hart in, a, in an I Quit match. Uh-huh. It was at WrestleMania. And um, Ken Shamrock was the special guest referee. Okay. Austin gets blo- gets cut gets cut open, and Hart gets him in the sharpshooter, and Austin is struggling to get out of it, and like as he's struggling, like you can see him like squeezing his head so like more blood is running down his face, uh-huh. you know, and it's like this iconic moment of like Austin just doesn't give up and he ends up collapsing due to blood loss. Really? Yeah. Like he he he's out, and like Ken Shamrock calls the match so. Austin loses the match because he couldn't continue, but he never gave up. And it was like one of those moments where like it helped sell Steve Austin as a legitimate tough guy. So that later on he when he made his run the next year for the, the title, like he was like you know, it, it built up this this legend that was building. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. starting with like the, the the King of the Ring the year before, and <clears throat> the whole Austin three sixteen says, "I just whooped your ass." And yeah. like it was like one, another one of those moments where you're like, "Holy shit!" Like, look at what this guy just put himself through. He never gave up. He just couldn't continue. You know, yeah. and it was like one of those like really cool iconic moments. But like you remember like him like like doing like a push up like trying to get himself up, and as he's doing it, like the blood's just like running faster down his face, and it's just like. Oh wow! 
He's hurt. Yeah, and of course, like to add on top of it, like you have like the this great commentary by like uh, Jim Ross, mm-hmm. you know, who's like completely sells you on the fact that Stone Cold may be the legitimate most baddest man on the planet. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like so well done. Like it's like one of the things that WWE does well when they do it well mm-hmm. is completely sell you on somebody being that legitimately hardcore. It make puts them in the position. Yeah, like it sells that position. Yeah, I was like. Because just Jim Ross's commentary, you're just like, oh, shit. Hmm. That's not what I wanted. Well, Rock made a name for himself in the WWE. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. Absolutely. Here you go. All the blood. Yeah. This is all cut up because they say that they are not allowed to show blood. I don't know why, but I—I I mean, it's like this legitimate. Like he has him in the sharpshooter for like two or three minutes. Like you see, like he's like doing that push up to try to get out of it. And like yeah. just like his face is just covered in blood. It's like so awesome. Like, like you're just like holy shit. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, that, that's that's just a bad version of it because uh, it's all cut up. Yeah, it's all cut up, which is a shame because I mean that 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 moment is so good. Yeah, you know. But, of course, WWE tries to put it behind them because they don't like to show blood anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's family-friendly. I get it. Back then, they weren't. Which is weird. It's all weird. Well, yeah. <laughs> I get that. But, I mean, it's like, it's funny. Like, they try very, very hard to, like, try to put this, this part of their history behind them. Like, yeah, we did that. And, uh, you know, we'll never go back to that. And, you know, it, uh, you know, but... Meanwhile, like, some of the greatest superstars you ever produced came out of that era. Yeah. You know, like, Helmsley, um, Stone Cold, Mick Foley, The Rock, you know, uh, so so many guys, you know, the Hardys, Edge, you know, like, the Dudleys. Like, so many guys came out of that era that you're just like, like, why, like, I, I get why you don't want to embrace it. It's like you're, like, because you did, like, some stupid shit. Yeah. Like, you know. We're gonna have broad panty matches the main event tonight. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. I get that. You know, you know, but at the same time, there's like a part of me that's like, man, you gotta embrace some of that because some of that, some of what you did, some of the storytelling you did was fucking amazing. Lena was part of that. Yeah. Too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, because like they had like a bunch of chicks who weren't very good. Then you had Lena and you had Trish Stratus who were. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like anybody else they fought, it was like, uh, that's kind of bad. Yeah. You know, but, but like, Lita and Trish Stratus was a match you showed up for and stayed in your seat. Yeah, yeah. Because that was good stuff. Like, they, they could legitimately go. And, like, that's part of, like, I mean, you look at the WrestleMania that's coming up in a couple weeks here. Mm-hmm. The main event is, or, or, is a women's match. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch. It's a three-way dance. For the WWE Women's Title, yeah, as the main event, 
because the women have far exceeded what the men can do at this point. Isn't that crazy? It is. It's great because, like, you talk about, like, Ronda Rousey is actually not that bad in the ring. Yeah. Like, you, you would think, like, man, she'd probably struggle. She, you know, but no, she's actually not that bad in the ring. Uh-huh. You know, Charlotte Flair has been, like, the linchpin of what launched this this whole evolution of women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because she, she's Ric Flair's daughter. Right. You know, but then you have, like, somebody like Becky Lynch, who's become kind of like the Stone Cold Steve, Steve Austin of the women's division. You know, with the stories on it, she's telling everything, and it, it, it's like it's like you know, it's really amazing. Like I don't watch wrestling anymore, but like I'd love to see that match because I think it's going to be a really good match. Yeah, you know, it's going to live up to the hype. <laughs> yeah. All right. So since we're talking wrestling, Ian has brought his daughter Bree in to because uh, you you actually watch wrestling now. Yes. Like, I don't. I, I, I catch things here and there on, on Twitter and the internet just because I'm plugged in like that. Mm-hmm. But you actually watch. So, I guess with WrestleMania coming up first off, what's the big thing you're excited for about WrestleMania? Oh, just the women's match. The women's match? The triple threat. Yeah. I wish it wasn't the triple threat, but it's the triple threat now. So, what what do you think the wish the match was? Huh? What what? So, it's the, you, what? who do you wish was in that match? Then? I... I just wish it was Ronda versus Becky Lynch. Okay. Because they were supposed to have a fight at the Survivor Series. Right. And then Becky Lynch got that concussion or whatever. Right, because of Nia Jax hit her in the face by accident. Yeah, Nia Jax. Yeah. Which right. But um. But they played that up really well. Yeah, they did. But then they now it's at the now it's for the Rawlins title. But then they threw Charlotte Flair in, which right. doesn't have to be in. Doesn't have to be in it. You don't think? No. Nope. Okay. She had she had the title given to her so many times for so many different reasons, and Becky Lynch has fought in her way since forever. Right, I get that, but with this being the first ever main event that it's women mm-hmm. at a WrestleMania, yeah, like the, the, the 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 their showcase mm-hmm. doesn't it behoove them to put their biggest name. In there, then? Hmm? Wouldn't it, doesn't it behoove them to put their biggest name in there, then? Like, Charlotte, Charlotte Flair is like, for, it's a bad comparison, but she's almost like the Hulk Hogan of women's wrestling at this point. Yeah. Like, she's the reason it really took off from what it was. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, like, having her in that match makes the most sense, then, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I get your point, like, about, like, it does. You know, you gotta have the names in there. Right. Because, you know, Ronda Rousey is coming from her area. And then you got to have Charlotte Flair just because it's a flair. It's good to have her and her name into the business, you know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I would much rather it be Charlotte versus Becky myself. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the, the, the standard bearer versus the up-and-comer. Mm-hmm. They, they, like, fought, they fought, I think... I don't know, two or three really good, really good matches. Right. In the last. But every single time they fight together, it's just it's just really good. You know? Right. But um, I think I'm just bored with just seeing them two fighting. Right. And I just want to see Ronda throw, get thrown in with Becky, just because it was so hyped up for the Survivor Series. Right. And they didn't get to fight. Right. Yeah. Okay. But, 
Yeah. So what got you back into wrestling? Yeah. What got you into yeah. wrestling? Well, I was on Tumblr and I was scrolling through and someone reposted a picture of Becky Lynch all bloodied up. And I was like, how does that, how does that work? Right. You know, I was like, that's not, that's not usual since WWE changed to PG. Right. It wasn't scripted. Right. Because you knew that wasn't, the bleeding wasn't scripted. Right. So then I went and then I like did backtrack. Then it said she wasn't going to fight in their Survivor Series. So then I was like, oh, this whole entire thing was a mess up. <laughs> like, it was right. like, they messed up. Someone messed up really big. So then that's what got me in. Okay. So then, November, I guess. But I watched wrestling, I don't know, for like five years, I guess, a while ago. And I stopped in like probably 2012. Okay. And then I got into it in November. Because of the women's wrestling, or because just you just wanted back into it, period. The women's wrestling. Yeah. Just because it wasn't that it wasn't it didn't interest me a lot back then when I used to watch it. Now it really does. Just because there's just so many cha- new changes and stuff. The women there's no divas championship anymore. It's just a women's title. Right. You know. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and it's evolved from being a gimmick to being something oh, completely thing. legitimate, yeah. as legitimate as pro wrestling can be. But yeah, yeah. But they're, they're, they've got athletes now that, like, I, a lot of times, what the thing I hear is the women's matches are far superior to watching the men's matches now in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Like they steal the show in a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, and that's why that's why they they realized let's make it the main event at WrestleMania, right? Because, Which is huge. Yeah, because people are like, people will watch a pay per view and they'll be like, that women's match was far more better than. The main match of the night. Right. So they listened. Are, are there any male wrestlers that you're that you like now? Uh, or into? Yeah, Seth Rollins is pretty cool, but he's alright. And then there's this heavy dude, Braun Strowman. He's kind of cool. He's like big. Mm-hmm. He's not like the Big Show, but he's pretty right. big for his size. Yeah. He's cool. Jeff Hardy came back. The Hardy brothers came back. I think last WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So then they came back. I think Matt left. He's back in, but Jeff Hardy's still doing it. Yeah. Um, Kofi Kingston's still wrestling. He's just in the new day. Yeah. And I've seen him. I saw him when I was watching it before. So he, like, changed his whole... Gimmick. His whole gimmick. Yeah. His whole thing. I think he's got, a, he's got a match at WrestleMania, I think. I'm not sure who against, though. Yeah. But, and from what I understand, The Rock comes back here and there to... <laughs> He yeah. Just shut, shove his mouth. Yeah, he comes shove in. His mouth off. <laughs> he was more in last last season than this season. Uh-huh. Last WrestleMania, because I think I'm not sure. It might have been The Rock that brought Ronda Rousey in. I'm not sure. Maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it no, it was. It was him. I remember that. It was him. Yeah. Yeah. It was either him. There's another guy that came back. I can't remember his name right now. He was an old time wrestler. One of like the big matches like, is Triple H versus Batista. That's the one I yes, heard a great Batista deal about. did come back. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. That will be an exciting one. And that's more cool because that's not the main event, and that's really wild. <laughs> it's Triple H. It's wrestling again. He's not really. He hasn't been wrestling just because he's been the manager or whatever. Right. Something he bought the. He's married to Stephanie McMahon, so. Yeah, he's like the the executive vice president of talent development and. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's like, in there. Yeah, so. he, he, he's a, a legitimate businessman yeah. now. <laughs> and he hasn't been wrestling, so now he's wrestling, which is really cool. And then Batista just came back. Yeah. Because I didn't think he was going to come back at all just because he was doing Marvel. So he's fighting. Yeah. So, really cool. I completely forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I haven't watched it in a couple of weeks just because I was... I usually watch it grandma's, but now... Yeah. Yeah, but oh, I forgot about that one. Good. Cool. So does it excite you, like, when, when guys, like, from the old days come back like that for, or do you feel like they're stealing a spot that somebody else could have mm. that, that, that maybe uh, could be, like, their WrestleMania moment? Yeah. Um, part, part of it's, like, like, really cool, like, nostalgia, I guess, like, not the old, old guys that you would watch. Not to offend you, but they mm. are cool, you know? Yeah. But um, to see people that I watched come back, like, I, Jeff Hardy has been around forever, but, like, I watched Jeff Hardy from when I watched it, but then I also watched, like, reruns of The Undertaker versus Jeff Hardy and stuff like that. So, like, in right. Jeff Hardy in those days where he was actually flipping off of stuff, he's not as flip, you know? Yeah. He still does it. Well, he's like fifty now, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of hard to do a swanton yeah. bomb off the top of a twenty-five foot ladder. Yeah. <laughs> but then, um, yeah, but it does take away from the new guys. Like, um, I wish Shane McMahon would just stop wrestling because he's hurting his body, and I think he's taking. Yeah. I think he's taking some something away from like the newer guys, which are you know there's some really good ones that are just in the NXT. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know which names are. I just know they're really good and they should just come up. Triple H has been doing a lot of stuff with the NXT, so he's Yeah, like that's his baby. Thing. I know that. Like yeah. that. he created that. That was his idea. Yeah. And so he really pushes those guys when they're when they're ready to make a, a move. Yeah. So I wish like new new more people would take in mm. for WrestleMania. But you know you get what you get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So I here, here's the big question. Like, what, what's your favorite match of all time that you've watched? Like, which one? Like, old or A- any. newer? Like, like, what, like what, what's the match, like, you say, like, I'd love to watch that match again. Like, that, that, that was one of the best things I've ever seen in pro wrestling. Okay. There's two. Um, Undertaker versus Mankind. When they did the Hell in the Cell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, because just... 15 minutes ago, we were bad-mouthing that. <laughs> and then, just because I thought it was cool. I don't know. I watched a rerun, and I was like, I don't, when did it air? I wasn't alive, was I? I was like, one. You guys know the, what, the, that Hell in the Sun actually plays like 97, 97, yeah, I wasn't even alive. Yeah. Reruns, I saw it like on a Mothers right. the Undertaker, so I saw on DVD, and I was like, he's getting beat up. Yeah. And um, it's kind of cool, so. But, um, I'm very bad. There was a Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair one that blew my mind. And I think it was the one where she won the women's title the first time. Mm-hmm. And she, like, um, Becky Lynch was on the table, on the table in the corner, and Charlotte Flair was up on the turnbuckle. turnbuckle and Charlotte Flair was going to jump on Becky Lynch, who was just laying on the table like dead. Right. And then... And then while she's up there struggling to get up on the turnbuckle, Becky Lynch like hurried up, rolled over, went up, went under Charlotte Flair, power bombed Charlotte Flair onto the table, and then Becky Lynch won the title. Because, wow! Yeah. Um, because um, that match, I can't remember, but she won because Charlotte right. Flair got totaled, and then Becky Lynch won the title. 
I think that was 2016. Not sure. I think that was the first time she won the SmackDown Women's title. <laughs> and then there was there was another one recently where Becky Lynch won the Becky Lynch won the second the second time she won the, the SmackDown Women's title. That was a really good one. I can't okay. remember what match it was. Cool. Yeah. Charlotte Flair gets on my nerves though. You don't like Charlotte Flair? No. I never liked Ric Flair. Okay, wow. No. He's my all-time favorite. Yeah, he's <laughs> super cocky. I don't know. He's okay, but I don't know. He's just a little... It's too much sometimes. It's like Bono and Bono Circa after Joshua Tree where he got all weird. <laughs> <laughs> wow! That's a pull, man. Wow! That is a pull. I mean, I mean post-Joshua Tree. <laughs> You know where he got all weird. He got okay. like super. Well, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I mean, you know, Flair's weird like that. Yeah, for some reason, it like went. Like she's 18, soon to be 19. <laughs> yeah. What? He got like super weird, and then Ric Flair just never. He never caught my eye. I just thought he was super <clears> cocky <throat> and just. Huh, you know, but whatever. He's okay. Okay, I, I'm not. I'm not judging <laughs> but, you. Yeah, I mean, he's like, okay, but Charles Flair, I don't know. <laughs> She's okay too. She has some good moves, but I don't know. I just think she was just just not one of your favorite wrestlers. Yeah, not one of my favorites. She was just thrown in there, and she gets what she gets. All right. Yeah, I was always, I was always a, I loved The Rock. Yeah, I did. I always did. I know that's probably like a <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> surprise, surprise. I, I Water's just, wet. We like the rock. Well, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> no. I, I just think he's yeah. good. I just yeah. he's a showman, right? Yeah. But I always liked him over Stone um, Steve Austin. Right. I never really liked Steve Austin. Yeah. I thought he was okay, but he later on in his career he kind of looked corny. Mm-hmm. Looked like he had, especially with the braces. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just I couldn't take it. But you know, he was always one of my favorites. But. Right. Uh, it, which guy is your favorite from back in the day? Like, of old videotapes or reruns or whatever. You would probably float back to... We start putting it on with the Hardy Boys, Christian and Edge. Or... I never liked Edge either. I don't know, I like Jeff Hardy. I yeah. liked when he had the makeup, he had the little armbands, and he would just jump off of really tall things. But um, Undertaker was cool, but I mean, I guess the, re- the when you said he was in that biker's uniform, right? Late 2000s, or early 2000s, wasn't that when he had the biker's That's when he switched thing? over to the biker look. Yeah. That was kind of weird. <laughs> I wish he didn't do that. I dug that look. It was okay. I mean, I like the dead man more than the biker. Yeah. I mean, he was still a good wrestler. I like Mankind. Right. Yeah. The Sako dude. Yeah. Well, Mankind's I mean, beloved. Yeah. If you want to see a... There was a time before he was in the WWE, he was in a promotion called ECW. And there's a... a if you want to see, like, Mankind do, like, something amazing, he he cut a promo. If you, It's probably on YouTube if you search Kane Dewey, mm-hmm. where he goes into this tirade about the fans and it is amazing like it's one of the best things I've ever seen him do like this because somebody held up a sign that said Kane Dewey which is his like three year old son yeah you know it, it was a joke but he took that and ran with it 
And he made something amazing. Like, during his short time in ECW, it was like, holy fuck. Uh-huh. Like, he, like, he developed a psychology of pro wrestling at that point for himself. Uh-huh. Which, when he went to the WWE, he played off of, creating the Mankind character and stuff like that. Mm. So, like, that's something, if you look that up, like, his Kane Dewey promo is amazing. But, uh... Like, for me, like, those all-time great moments... The 1997 November to Remember at the BCC, the Be- the Beaver Golden Dome, <laughs> which was like an ECW pay-per-view. Watching Shane Douglas beat Bam Bam Bigelow for the ECW title was one of those moments I'll never forget. Yeah. Like, it was fucking nuts. Yeah. You know, and um, like Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat back in the, the, the late 80s. Yeah. Like those matches would be on TV and that was like, they were hour long matches and they were amazing. Yeah. Like, I know you like, you hate Flair, but like, it's like, especially at that time, mm-hmm. Ric Flair. I bet he was, I bet I would have liked him better if he, earlier than what I, what I remember of him. Right. Just what, because he probably didn't get more what, cocky when he got older. Well, mm. what, 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 what became funny is like, no, he, he was cockier in the eighties. Really? Oh yeah. But like, What's funny though is like what what you remember of Ric Flair is Ric Flair playing a character of Ric Flair. Oh. Okay, like okay. in the eighties when he was when he was Ric Flair, like it was again over the top, but it was like so well done. Mm-hmm. Like his, his whole limousine riding, you know, lip stealing. I mean, he does this whole thing. Like it's amazing. Like some of the promos he cut was fantastic. But yeah. as a wrestler by himself. He's one of the best of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want ESPN did a documentary about him, and they have Hogan on there, and Hogan's talking about. He's like, if you got in the ring with me, I told I would tell you I have match A, I have match B, I have match C. Ric Flair could do a hundred different matches in a hundred different days, and then none of them would be the same. Mm-hmm. You know, he was that good. You know, and so he did this series of matches like all summer long against Ricky Steamboat. They <laughs> traded the belt back and forth, and it was like. Poetry and motion to watch those two go at each other, mm-hmm. and no, no two matches were the same. Yeah. They, they were just that good against each other. It was, a, and that's just the Ric Flair I want to remember, not the the guy we saw later in life. But like the mm-hmm. moment against Shawn Michaels, the retirement match at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. where uh, that's when Shawn Michaels gives him the kick and says, "I'm sorry, I love you." Yeah, that's, yeah, oh, yeah. that's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I roll a tear. Like I mean, and he came back. He went to whatever the fuck that is. The, I don't even know what the hell that the other promotion is called. Impact, and he did shit over there, and it was like it's bad, but like that moment was like so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. All right, and thank you for yeah. stepping on. Yeah, thanks. Getting some new uh, wrestling knowledge. Indeed, yeah. we, pre- we appreciate the input. All right, so we've we've been Bria do. That's probably the most wrestling talk we've ever had on the show. <laughs> yeah. Holy hell. <laughs> oh, so, there's, there's one last quick thing I want to get into before we jump in the mailbag. And, um, you know, th- this year, this, this, this past month, we have celebrated the 80th anniversary uh, of, of Batman. Okay. Yeah, Batman is 80 years old. And also um, is... Uh, Detective Comics is releasing their 1,000th episode or issue. Yeah. Which, 
is amazing as well. Mm-hmm. So in celebration of that, you know, I, I think they're doing a supersized issue with a number of short stories in it mm-hmm. by different writers. One of the writers is Kevin Smith. Okay. And he wrote a piece that is absolutely amazing that's going to be part of Batman lore. Okay. And that is... The big question has always been, why does Batman have a big symbol on his chest? Mm. It's just something for you to shoot at. Yeah. You know, it's something for people to aim at. And they've, over the years, they've talked about, you know, Batman, his his suit is bulletproof. He, you know, he, he wears a, you know, some sort of body plating underneath that and stuff like that. Well, Kevin, <coughs> Kevin Smith, along with Jim Lee, are telling an amazing story of, what some of that body plating is. And that is Bruce Wayne finds the gun that kills his parents. Okay. And melts it down and creates a plate that he puts over his chest mm. made from the gun. That's cool. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That is fucking like he taught, like I've seen some bits and he's like, it'll never hurt anybody ever again, you know, but it'll protect me. Yeah. Because I couldn't protect them. Man. Like, that was like some deep fucking shit when I saw that, and that is impressive. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, for real. So I applaud Kevin Smith and Jim Lee for coming up with that idea and making it a part of, like, official canon. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's hardcore. Yeah. So That's cool. Yeah. So <clears throat> let's go ahead and dip our toe. In the old mailbag. Okay. Mailbag. And as always, we'll start with our good friend, Superfan Thad. Thad writes, Hello, my two favorite hosts who like to suck up man jelly through straws. Yuck. Damn, is anyone still watching The Walking Dead? I'm not. I haven't. No. Last week's episode was an oh shit moment. Just at the time Negan bashed in Big Red's head and no, no, no. I can't believe 10 heads that were on the spikes were from the Whisperers. I'm going to miss some of those actors. Uh, yeah. Sorry, didn't catch it. Yeah. Not watching. Um, Platypus and I went to see a, an act last night that appeared on America's Got Talent. We went to go see Tape Face. Man, the show is amazing. Fun for the whole family. Who would have thought a show that has no speaking could be this funny? During the show, we caught a whiff of someone cooking the beef. Dan, did that stink. Platypus thought I did it, but I think it was the old lady in front of me. <laughs> well, nothing worse than that. Dip, nip, nip, nip. I'm not going to get into all that. Um, we've covered the, the butthole tickling bandit in the past, my friend. And okay, gotta go. Tim got a new game for Choo Choo Bob and I. It's called Sit and Pee. Nope, I'm not getting on all that. So there you go. Tape Face. Who the fuck is Tape Face? I don't know. Okay. I thought maybe you'd know. I, I have no clue. I never heard of him. Me neither. Next up is a good friend, the Otter. Better known as Superfan Tim. Tim writes in, hey, Pittsburgh nerds. 
Finally, some goddamn John Wick love. <laughs> that human teabag stork won't stop roasting it on Twitter. Someone told him it was Academy Award worthy, and so he, it didn't live up to his grand expectations. Well, you get nothing but Wick love from us. Yeah. Nothing but love from us. And speaking of random movie love, Grandma's Boy is a fucking gem. <laughs> And Jinkies, did Velma look great in that movie? <laughs> yes, she did. All around a solid flick. Glad it got some love. It's a, <coughs> that's a great comedy. Mm, Grandma's Boy, yeah. Yeah. Now to the hate. Damn, Sean, what did Portugal ever do to you? <laughs> I'll tell you what it did. It's, 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 a, it's a foreign country that you could be kidnapped from. <laughs> Clearly, because Anthony gave us a, a whole documentary about it. Huh? That's not good. Plus, it was bad parenting. <laughs> I mean, I actually thought it was one of the better places in Europe. It's no Ireland. Speaking of which, maybe Ant can inform us on it. Portugal is America, but hell, it ain't Paris neither. Yeah, it, it's, it's one of those places that you just don't want to go to, my friend. I'm I'm sure it's on some sort of watch list. They can't develop the Bumblebee story anymore because they refuse to let the poor bastard talk. <laughs> but if you see the movie, you'll understand why. It, it makes sense now. It's not just shenanigans. It makes sense. Yeah. I'm really interested to see how Tarantino rewrites history again in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I figure it's going to be like Inglorious Bastards, trucking around, and then whammy, something that never really happened, but you wish it had. Maybe Mancy gets his face machine gunned off. <laughs> yeah, that's my only problem with Inglorious Bastards. It's, you know, that ending. Yeah. You know, like, there's so many, much good stuff in that movie. Like, I mean, the beginning scene with, you know, Christopher Wentz and yeah, I mean that, that's uh, the bar scenes fantastic. I mean, there, there's a lot of good in that movie, but that ending that that's I was like, really, <laughs> what? Um, looking forward to finishing Deadly Deadly Class this week. Then it's on to something else. I still want to watch Jack Ryan on Amazon. Maybe I can talk Beaver into that. It shouldn't be hard now that Jim Halpern. Got hot and bearded. I wish people would stop bothering me in public and confusing us. I'm sure he is tired of answering questions about how he comes up with witty, relevant commentary on the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast Network week in and week out. <laughs> well, funny you should say that, because our next write-in is from Jim Halpern. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He says he wants you to shave your beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That, that's uh, that's it for the mailbag. Cool. Uh, anything you'd like to add to the proceedings there, sir? No, man. I'm good. Well, remember, there are a number of different ways you can reach out and touch us. You can send us an email like these fine folks have. That email address is pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. Very easy to find. And we're also a member of a number of podcasting networks. You can find us on the Tangent Bound Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Danger Entertainment Network. Just give them a Google search, and you'll find all the other great podcasts that they have to offer. 
And lastly, as always, we want to thank you, our fine listeners, for checking us out each and every week. We can't thank you enough for um, taking the time to enjoy our hijinks and shenanigans. And this one is certainly full of hijinks and shenanigans. Mm. More wrestling talk than we've ever had. <laughs> A lot of wrestling talk. Yeah. Also want to say happy birthday to the girls. Uh, yeah. They turn 19. Anna and Bree. Happy Don't, birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. One more year closer to drinking age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the next milestone. Yeah. <laughs> you know. They graduate. They, they they got old enough to vote. They graduated. Now it's drinking age. Yeah, yeah. At least that's what it was for me. I'm sure they've got completely different goals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace.